Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you know, uh, they're sending people to the moon. Elon Musk is going to send two people to the moon. Did you hear this? I'm putting in my vote early for the Clintons. <laughs> or maybe the Obamas. Oh, or maybe one of each. What about Hillary and Barack? That'd be that'd be a great twosome. That'd be a great twosome to send to the uh, to send really anywhere but here. Uh, what's up? How you doing? It's Mark K. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited that you are here because I love talking to you every day and I love when you uh, when you talk back. Well, not talk back, you know, like the way my kids talk back, but, you know, comment and email and DM me and we've got it. You know what we have? We have a uh, phone line too, which I got, uh, it was down yesterday for whatever reason it wasn't working, so I didn't put up my phone number and somebody yelled at me again and by yelled at me, I mean, they just sent me uh, an angry message. So there it is. There's the phone line. It's up and ready for you. Uh, and we've already got, we've got some people uh, checking in already. Hina Kandawal, what about you and your mic? I don't know. This mic? It's right here. It's right here. Uh, hey, love your tweets, Bobby Harvey says. Thank you, Bobby. I love your tweets too. I love your tweets too. Don't let my uh, don't let my wife uh, don't let my wife hear me say that. Anyway, listen. Big show. Big stuff going on today. Here's what we have going on today. First of all, this is really exciting. This, by the way, can everyone hear me? Okay, I want to make sure that I want to make sure that everyone can hear me. Okay, because this is going to be one of the biggest shows ever, and we have been known to have some technical difficulties. So if you can hear me, okay, and you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and just comment. Yes, we hear you. Get on with it. Or yes, we hear you. What's the problem? Or yes, we hear you, and you're way too loud. So stop screaming in my face. Any of those comments will be acceptable, and then I'll know. Uh, then I'll know. Oh, good. Kevin says, "Yep, we can hear you." By the way, yip wasn't one of the acceptable answers, but I'll take it. <laughs> so here's what's happening today. First of all, big speech, big Donald Trump speech tonight. He's uh, it's, it's like a State of the Union, but it's not an official State of the Union. It's what they call a State of the Trump address. Donald Trump is going to go out and he's going to uh, he's going to talk to both uh, a, a joint session of Congress, which does not mean they'll be spoke, uh, smoking joints, although a lot of them, I'm sure, would rather be doing that than sitting and listening to Donald Trump. And uh, and I had some very interesting information about trolling. I mean, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But first, uh, Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends was uh, interviewed Donald Trump and I and I wrote to him this morning I said hey but do you have like five minutes to talk to us today about what it was like to be in the uh in the Oval Office and you know he's he's like five minutes that's all I can spare because he's a busy guy so uh he's he's wrapping up his radio show right now he's going to call us if this phone rings it's going to be him and I'm going to have to answer it but then uh you know it's going to happen we'll answer it we'll talk to Brian Kilmeade we'll get kind of a taste of what it was like to be in the Oval Office uh, to see what it was like interviewing Donald Trump. Uh, what, the things that he said. I have a bunch of clips from the interview too. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But also, the other exciting thing is to talk about the speech and what we can what we can expect and what Donald Trump's going to say. And most importantly, how Congress is going to react. Uh, so that's very exciting. Now, like I said, Brian's going to call in in just like any minute now. So go ahead, if you will, and share this. 
If you know somebody who uh, is a big Brian Kilmeade fan, loves Fox News, loves Fox and Friends, go ahead and share this broadcast now on Facebook. Share it if you're on YouTube. You can do that as well. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure that all your friends uh, are getting a, a copy of this podcast. Let, let them know where to go so that they can subscribe. And that way, you know, it helps us out too. We grow a little bit. We get more interaction. Uh, we get more people listening because, you know, bigger is always better. Bigger is always better. That's what... Uh, that's always that's what my wife says anyway. Uh, so so that's what's coming up here in just a minute. When he calls, we'll put him right on. Now the other thing that's happening is Kellyanne Conway is on is getting some heat again today for a photo uh, that was taken of her. And let me show you the photo. This was a photo. Uh, I'll, very quickly, I'll show you the photo. There it is. That's her in the Oval Office. And Donald Trump is meeting with a. Uh, these are the leaders of uh, traditionally black colleges and universities from around the country. There's Donald Trump. There's all the black uh, college leaders. And here's Kellyanne Conway on the couch, just kicking it. You know, just kick back. Like, and like she owns a joint. This ain't her first time in the Oval Office. She's here all the time. And she's got her cell phone on there. I like to think. I like to think that she's in there uh, listening to the show or or watching one of my old videos, uh, or maybe she's on 1000deplorables.com claiming her square. I don't know what she's doing, but she's getting a lot of flack for this photo saying that it's that it's uh, a little you know inappropriate, that she's harming the cat. I have a whole bunch of other photos, and, and we have some of the memes that have arisen. We're going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get into that as well. Um, but first, we want to talk, of course, about Donald Trump's speech and how it affects you. So, so Donald Trump today was on Fox and Friends, which is his favorite TV show. Remember the speech or the uh, press conference when he said Fox and Friends is my favorite show uh, in the entire world? He said they're fair. He said they are sometimes hard on me, but only when it's warranted. Every time else, they're fair. Oh, they suck it up. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to play that for Brian Kilmeade uh, when he calls in. So anyway, so he was on Fox and Friends and, uh, and he was talking about everything that's been happening uh, up to this point. Uh, Brian Kilmeade asked him a couple things. The first was about John McCain and his recent Twitter attacks. They love to talk about Twitter. All the media, even the friendly media, they still harp on Twitter. Like for some reason, Donald Trump has no reason to be on Twitter. And uh, and he asked, and and uh, and Brian Kilmeade flat out said, look, you recently attacked uh, John McCain on Twitter. Was that just venting or do you feel that's a, a smart thing to do? And here was Donald Trump's response. You know, I, I felt badly when... Um a young man dies and John McCain said that was a failed mission. According to General Mattis, it was a very successful mission. They had a lot of information, a lot of, a lot of different things that they really wanted to get. Yeah, Ryan, by the way, was the, uh, the SEAL Team 6 member who was, who was shot and killed in Yemen in what many people are calling a failed attack. Uh, it was supposed to be apparently an in-and-out mission. I don't, I'm not military. I don't know how many missions are actually in-and-out. I don't know what constitutes a successful mission. Uh, but, you know, it, depending on who you talk to, General Mattis is saying, man, we got a ton of great intel. We got information. They got cell phones, apparently, some kind of documentation, some kind of other records, computer, this and that. I mean... I imagine that that kind of information can be useful. Unfortunately, um, we did lose a soldier, uh, highly skilled, highly trained, highly decorated soldier as well. This is a big news story because his father at Dover Air Force Base uh, said, "You know, I wasn't, I didn't want to meet, I didn't want to meet President Trump when he came down uh, to to greet the casket. Um, I didn't want to meet Donald Trump. I didn't want to talk to him at all. And it, it became like a big. The media glommed onto that, of course, as they do." And they ran with it. So John McCain came out and he criticized the president for this failed mission, which, again, John McCain is military. You remember that whole thing with the POW camp and, and Donald Trump said, I like people who didn't get caught. Ha ha. 
So I, I, I feel like bringing up this kind of attack on Donald Trump uh, as commander in chief when you yourself were a soldier is is kind of a low blow. And that's why uh, Donald Trump went after him uh, on Twitter. Now, they continued. They asked him again, you know, what about these tweets? What, are you going to continue doing it? Because the, the press and the media and a lot of people say, hey, maybe you should put down the phone. It's a recurring theme. It's a recurring theme. And here again is Donald Trump's response. It does allow me to go around dishonest media. I don't have to go around you folks. I don't have to go around a lot of the media, but I do have to go around some media. And it does allow me to do that because the following is so large between Twitter and Facebook and all of the different things. I have so many millions of people. It allows me to give a message without necessarily having to go through people where I'm giving them a message and they're putting it down differently from what I mean. Newsflash, by the way, Donald Trump does not like the media, <laughs> nor does he trust them. He doesn't think that they, they write anything properly. He thinks that they lie about what he says. He thinks they twist his messages and his words. Basically, what happens is whenever whenever the media uh, does or says something that Donald Trump doesn't like, he looks at it and says, hey, this is what? Fake news. And the reason is because they're taking the message and they're bastardizing it for their own uh, for their own, uh, you know, agendas. Everybody in the media has an agenda. We all know a lot of them. Their agenda was to make sure that uh, to make sure that it was Hillary Clinton who won the election. Hold on. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a message from Brian Kilmeade's people. All right, yay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome. Uh, please welcome. Oh, he's, he must be in the Uber. Just to the airport, please. Uh, Delta, Delta shuttle. All right. Reagan. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, Brian? Brian, are you on, you're on your way to the airport, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Uh, that's awesome. Now you are, uh, Brian, thanks so much for being here, by the way. It's, uh, of course, you are part of, as everyone knows, Donald Trump's favorite morning show, Fox and Friends. <laughs> you, you have your own Kill Meet and Friends, which is heard on the radio pretty much like in a bajillion places. How did it go? I mean, the interview was great. How was it in the White House? Was it chaotic? Was it in disarray, as we've heard, or did it seem to be running smoothly? Really smoothly. And, you know, we got a chance to know Donald Trump as most people in the Northeast have. I don't know if you, if you guys had a chance, but you know, you get a chance to see him pretty regularly, really since the eighties. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won casinos. He was running major events, boxers. Yeah. He ran the USFL general. So you used to see him in the public eye. Yeah. And I would say in relevance, he looks as happy as I've ever seen him. And he really feels proud of what he's doing. And the most shocking thing about the interview, I was presently surprised. He goes, I give myself a CC plus when it comes to communication whether it's the immigration ban, whether it's uh, different things uh, with building the wall, uh, talking about, you know, his, uh, his programs, you know, the programs that he feels like he's done, he says, has not been communicated well. He says, I'll take some of the blame. Yeah, that was, and I was, uh, we've been playing some clips. I played the clip about uh, you know, the, the McCain tweet and how he says, look, I'm going to keep tweeting because I got to get around the, uh, the dishonest media. I was getting to that one about the A and the C. And let's talk about that because uh, he says, I guess, that he thinks his effort is there. He's doing everything that he wants to do and that he has to do and that, and that the people who vote for it, voted for him want him to do. But the message isn't getting out there. Uh, how much of that is blame on him and how much of that is blame on, on the media, do you think, and, and them not reporting on what's exactly going on and, and you know, going after these, these leaks and this Russian hack story and everything else? Well, I mean, I'll give you an example. Newt Gingrich, won, excuse me, uh, not Newt Gingrich, uh, Carl Rove did, yeah. did, did some investigation. Mm -hmm. And he said, how many people has Barack Obama deported 
uh, how many were actual dreamers, dream eligible? You know, that whole born, uh, brought here at a young age, stayed here. Yeah. And it was like over a million. So where were the video of these people being pulled out at 14, 15 years old? There is none. I don't see any video ever of anybody that Donald, that, that President Obama deported. Mm -hmm. Now, this dreamer ends up being a big story. Donald Trump has got a deportation, deportation squad, and he was just on our show, and you guys will hear it later. Uh, he just said that this guy actually committed a felony. Yeah, he was a dreamer uh, from the DACA, allowed to stay here under Obama, All and right. Donald Trump says you can still stay here. Well, it turns out this guy created a felony, and that that's been done a million times by the past president. That's an example of a double standard. But I actually fall a lack of staffing in their communications department. The fact that Sean Spicer is a strategist and the press secretary is ridiculous. I think they, they have to hire 600 people. He says, I'm not going to. But how about 100? He needs people out there answering reporters' questions, saying, you know, the, the University of uh, the, the Organization of Black Colleges is there today. Right. And I found out afterwards in leaving that they did, they got this huge grant on part of behalf of the government, and they're thrilled with Donald Trump. I go, oh, yeah, some you guys having a press conference on that? Yeah, we might do something tomorrow. I go, wait a second. They just most people are under the impression that he's only in this business for white people. Right. Wouldn't this be a positive story? Because he's not. He's not a racist. He's not a sexist. Wouldn't this be a way to push back on that? But they, to to a degree, they're overwhelmed. All right. So you're saying that now? Are you saying Sean Spicer is 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 not the right guy for the job at all, or he just needs a lot of help because he's not able to do everything to get that message out there, or a little of both? I uh, I, I you know I think he's a great guy. I think he'd be great in the communications division. I think yeah. he's so far he hasn't really hit his stride as a press secretary yet. I think he takes things a little personal, like I would. That's why I could never do that job. <laughs> you know, so, come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would. I would every day. I'd see an agenda with people, and I'd say, "Listen, I know you're going to write something bad anyway. Just write it. <laughs> let's take the next question." So, so I do think he needs a big staff around him. And there's so many. Think about it. if you were 30 years old, 25 yeah. years old, even. I mean, this is a job of a lifetime to be able to interact with the media and make history with the president, whether you whether you voted for him or not. You're you're in the White House every day. Yeah. There's so many people who want jobs like that. So get staffed up and give yourself the best chance to be successful. I will say this. He looks like he lost 25 pounds, number one. Number two is he's <laughs> extremely proud of what he's done. And number three is he does not seem stressed. You And you've known him a lot. Last time you were, by the way, last time I saw you, uh, you were on stage here in Jacksonville. And uh, I gave away your trip to Orlando. And I still feel bad about that. But we had a lot of fun. Uh, and one thing you said that night that really stuck with me was you said, you know, Mark, I've known a Donald Trump a long time. And the reason he's so mean to like Nancy Pelosi or the reason he treats men and women and black people and immigrants the same way and says these harsh things to him is because he truly believes that everyone's equal and you shouldn't actually be nice to a woman just because she's a woman. Is that something is that is that a fair assessment kind of of, of how he's misconstrued by the media? I forgot how bright I am. I mean, that's exactly, <laughs> well, yeah. That's, uh, that's why I'm here, exactly dude. That's what I was here. trying to say. I mean, he still holds doors and, you know, lets women sure. into rooms first. He has etiquette. But for the most part, he said the, the, the Nancy Pelosi is totally incompetent. Yeah. He basically almost called us almost senile. And, you know, I'm surprised he didn't call her old. You know, because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't see color. He has nothing against for white people. If you insult him or go at him, and if someone tells him later, you know, you probably don't want to go at uh, 
such and such because they're minority. That right. might be a bad message to Hispanics. Really? That I don't mean that. So why should I worry about what I see? Why should I worry about it? If yeah. That's not what I meant. What am I apologizing for? My hunch is, and I hope you keep this tape, I believe there's nothing at all to the Russia and Trump link. I believe that that's as phony as the David Duke link and as phony as the anti-Semitic link. There's nothing there. He's got an issue, whether it's a defect. He does not want to take a backward step in any section of his life. So when you uh, disavow David Duke, he's like, I don't even know him. Yeah. What do you mean, don't know? I, dis- I disavow him. Move on. Anti-Semitic? Really? My son-in-law is Jewish. My daughter is converted. I'm anti-Semitic? Please. So he just won't play the game. And that's where people, he lets people go to town on what they, because they're playing by normal rules. He does Donald Trump rules. Yeah. All right, real quick. Donald Trump rules tonight at the speech. Now, you're headed back to New York, so you're not sticking around in uh, D.C. for the speech. But what are we... No, to- we got to do the show tomorrow from there. Yeah, what are we uh, What are we to expect yeah. tonight? Which Donald Trump are we going to get? Are we going to get buttoned-up, refined Donald Trump? Are we going to get press conference Donald Trump? What are we thinking? Uh, refined Donald Trump, very optimistic. I think he feels optimistic. I think it does bother him that he was reviewed, that he was down in the dumps uh, with that last inauguration speech, maybe mm-hmm. too harsh. He's so good about picking the right people. I hope he gets Stephen Miller some help as a speechwriter because I really, I have not gotten any confirmation he's going to reach across the aisle, but I do think it's going to be upbeat, sunny, and optimistic. So we might not use the word carnage in a sentence. That would help. <laughs> maybe American carnage. Maybe, maybe not tonight. <laughs> maybe not tonight. Uh, yeah. Brian, Brian Kilmeade from President Trump's favorite morning show, Fox and Friends, and of course Kilmeade and Friends on the radio. Are we still pimping this book, by the way? Thomas Jefferson and the Tripoli Pirates? Yeah, I mean, it could be a movie soon. Uh, young adult version's coming out, but if you guys want it signed, if you go to BrianKillMe.com, I can customize it for you for any event. Oh, that's awesome. And the, uh, the next project is, oh, I'm going to tell you about the next project. The people in your city will know it very well. Oh, I'm so... Well, that's that's debatable. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Brian, kill me. Thanks so much, buddy. Have a safe trip home, and uh, we'll see you on TV tomorrow, okay? Yeah, he's such a talented guy, Mark. Thanks so much for the time. Oh, always a, pl- hey, always a pleasure, man. Call anytime. See you later, Brian. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, Brian, Brian Kilmeade from... Oh, I forgot to ask him. Oh, man, I, for- I was going to ask him if he put his feet up on the couch like Kelly and Conway did. Uh, but that's, that's all right. Anyway, we'll get to it next next time. I'm going to put a link up. Uh, I'll put a link up to this book. A lot of people give me books. Oh, let me get his picture. I mean, we don't need to. We don't need to see me. A lot of people give me books, and they autograph them. And this one, uh, oh, here's my ticket from the Brian Kilmey. The, the, Brian Kilmey gave me this book last time he was in town. And I was like, oh, thanks. And usually I just do this, right? I'm like, oh, thanks. Uh, there's a pot, but I actually, I li- I legitimately read it and it's really good and interesting and exciting. So, uh, if you get it, if you get a chance, or if you know somebody who's a history buff or a, uh, or a, you know, any kind of, any kind of politically, uh, political buff, then, uh, <laughs> definitely get them the book. But Brian, Kilmey, he's a swell guy. That's he's, he's a very good guy. All right. The number eight, four, 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 three, six, Mark eight, four, 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 three, six, six, two, seven, five. Let's get back to his interview. I know he's got to get to the airport, but let's get back to the interview and play a couple of the, more of these clips that he, um, that he brought up, uh, the tweets we talked about, uh, here's something else he mentioned about Twitter, by the way, it is a modern day form of communication, especially when you have 
you know, tens of millions of people like I have. It's a modern day form of communication. Donald Trump has tens of millions of people that he can reach out to. That's more than any network. And we've talked about this uh, over and over again. It's a way for him to bypass the media and get his message directly out there. And, you know, Twitter may be a new format for a president to communicate it in. It's not something that you're used to seeing presidents do. Sure, Obama had a Twitter account. Michelle Obama had a Twitter account. But they were more state Twitter accounts. They weren't necessarily uh, direct messages from the president. Hillary Clinton, the same way, unless it had an H on the end of it, it wasn't a direct message from her. It was more of a marketing tool. It was a way to get out and campaign. It was, oh, you know what? We should probably have a Twitter account. It's the same way all these morons have uh, Snapchat accounts. Every During the campaign, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, they were all on Snapchat. And I'm watching them on Snapchat, and they're not, they're not even using it properly. Jeb Bush had a Snapchat. Who the hell is following Jeb Bush on Snapchat? I have to see if he still has it. If he still has it, that's definitely a problem, because I know now ain't nobody following Jeb Bush on the Snapchat. But, he, you know, they had it because I felt like they thought they needed to be there. Donald Trump is actually using it. And if you think about it, you know, think back to uh, the fireside chats, the FDR fireside chats. Remember those? Okay, you may not remember them because it was like 85 years ago. But 85 years ago, fun fact, almost to the day, March 12th, I think it was. Um, March 12th, 1933, the first of, of, of 30 fireside chats. And, and that was FDR in the midst of the Great Depression, the brink of war from his wheelchair in the White House, rolled on up to the microphone and, you know... He was in front of a fireside and he said, the American people, and he started talking to them. And the reason he did it was because he had to, he wanted to make sure that the American people knew what the heck was going on. And he talked about banking and he talked about the depression and he talked about the government. And it was a way for him to talk directly to the people. He had a message as president. He wanted to make sure that the people got the words directly from his mouth unfiltered, unedited, unchanged, unbastardized, nothing. It was just him and the people. And that was basically your, the beginning of what Donald Trump's doing. He's doing this. I mean, he does it on a more regular basis. He maybe is a little more, uh, let's just say, you know, uh, his, he's not as refined in his speech. And yes, FDR didn't necessarily use the fireside chats to attack, uh, you know, Hollywood actresses and and people that he disagreed with. But you know what? It, it's times have changed, and I think that the media needs to stop getting after Donald Trump's uh, tweets, stop getting after the messages Donald Trump is sending out, and realize this is not the future of the presidency. This is not the future of communication. This is. This is it. This is today. It is a modern day form of communication. Yeah, it's a modern day form of communication. Don't you want your president of the United States to be using the most modern technology? Absolutely you do. So I'm, I'm done with the Twitter question. I'm going to write to Brian and be like, hey, thanks for the interview, by the way. No more Twitter questions. Uh, it just seems like, you know, you got you to realize it's not going to change. Oh, they suck it up. They're so good. Okay. Uh, next thing they got into was Barack Obama. And this is something that this is really fascinating to me. By the way, welcome if you're, if you're just joining us. If you haven't yet shared, please do share this broadcast. Uh, this is going to be great. We're going to get into some really exciting points. If you know somebody who's like-minded, thinks like you, talks like you, acts like you, voted like you, then share this broadcast on your wall because they're really going to appreciate it. If also you know people who are different than you, who don't like the way you think, who hate your candidate, who hate your politics, who would listen to this show and go, oh my God, what kind of trash is this? What a waste of time. 
definitely share this show then because there's nothing uh, more exciting than uh, than annoying those people uh the, the people who are different than you that's my favorite that's one of my favorite hobbies hobbies include coaching my son's flag football team uh drinking and annoying people who um have different viewpoints than i do i'm gonna and it, it doesn't say that on my bio but i'm gonna change that here in just a minute all right so so brian kilmeade and steve ducey and uh Ainsley Earhart, they're there in the White House and they're talking to Donald Trump and they're asking him to grade himself. We'll, we'll play that clip in a minute. But they asked about uh, some of these protests and they said, do you believe that Barack Obama and his organization is behind it? And he said, no, I think he is behind it. I also think it's politics. That's the way it is, because his people are certainly behind it. I also understand that's politics. And in terms of him being behind things, that's politics, and it will probably continue. Okay, here's a very calm and a very reserved Donald Trump. And he's asked, you've got all these attacks, you've got all these leaks, you've got all these protesters constantly, you've got people trying to undermine you at every single, at every, every single chance that they get. All of this is happening. What do you think about it all? And he goes, eh, it's politics. It's the way that it is. And, you know, it could be bright. They even though went on to ask Steve Deuce, he said, don't you think this undermines there's, you know, there's this unwritten rule that presidents won't interfere in the first, uh, in, you know, during with another with the um, their predecessors uh, presidency. And he said this again. I'm not really surprised because I understand the way the world works. It's politics. I mean, I'm changing things that he's wanted to do. I mean, we're much tougher in terms of getting the bad guys out. You know, people don't realize he deported a lot of people. And they went on to the whole de- deportation thing. But you know, the, the first part of that is important. He says, it's po- I get it. I understand what he's trying to do. He did Obamacare. He did these open borders. He did the uh, Dreamer program. He did all this stuff. All right. And that was great for him. I come in, the American people say, we don't like any of that stuff anymore. We want to change. So my first thing, like I'm campaigning on everything this guy did is bad. I'm going to go in and change it. Of course, he's going to be annoyed. It's politics. It's not going to change. He's going to keep trying to get in my way. And Donald Trump is sane enough and calm enough and intelligent enough and not thin skinned enough to take it personally. It definitely, it goes against the entire narrative that you've been led to believe is Donald Trump being this vindictive, angry, uh, unintelligent, ignorant ignoramus who doesn't know exactly what he's doing, who has no clue about politics at all. He has a great understanding of it. Anyone else would be furious, angry. You look at some of the politicians who are in power right now. They get so angry, so mad. Most of them Democrats. Nancy Pelosi, for example. Uh, Hillary Clinton was another one. Uh, you know, who else is always fired up about something? I even think Ron Paul takes things personally, or I'm sorry, Rand Paul, Ron, Ron Paul doesn't take anything, uh, anymore. Well, except Metamucil, uh, but Rand Paul, I feel takes things uh, really extremely personally when he's attacked. Marco Rubio is is another one. You have to realize that you have political opponents and they're going to come after you and you can't let it affect you. And these statements by Donald Trump show that he's calmer about politics and he gets it more than anything. He's And this comes from the years of negotiation in the business world. You've got a guy here who knows you can't, you know, real estate. Don't It's not personal. It's business. Either you like the deal or you don't like the deal. If you don't like it, I'll find somebody else who does. And, uh, and that's why I think that this interview and hopefully this speech tonight is going to show that side of him and people are going to realize, hey, you know what? This is not the guy that we, uh, this is not the guy that we are led to believe. This is not an angry, insecure, thin-skinned egomaniac. This is this is a strong and intelligent and understanding egomaniac. And he knows exactly what's happening on the other end of the aisle. 
and he knows he's going to try to stop it, but he's he's not surprised by it at all. Uh, then they talked about Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi basically came out and said, Donald Trump has done nothing. In his first month, he's done absolutely nothing. He's uh, can't even get his agenda on altogether. He can't get his cabinet in there, whatever. And here was his response to that. Well, I've been watching Nancy's statements, and I think she's incompetent, actually. I think she's incompetent. That's what that's what he's... Nancy Pelosi's incompetent. Now, keep in mind, she did, as a matter of fact, say, uh, I can't deal with President Bush. So she may be getting on there in years. She may have some of that old-timers disease creeping in. But he says Nancy Pelosi's incompetent. And this just goes back to what Brian and I were talking about earlier, that he treats everybody the same. Women, black people, Jewish people, uh, you know, any minority, immigrants, uh, men, women, they're all the same in his eyes. We are all equal. And if you're incompetent, he's going to tell you you're incompetent. And if you're a man, you're a man. And if you're a woman, you're a woman. But that's it. Everybody in his eyes is equal, and that's why he says stuff like that. Uh, he also says that they've got a big, huge problem on their hands, and it's the future of the Democratic Party, and that's what she should be focused on. You know, if you look at what's going on with uh, the Democrats and the party, it's getting smaller and smaller. You know, in a certain way, I hate to see it because I like a two-party system, and we're soon going to have a one-party system. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not sure which party it is, by the way, because we've got, we've really got problems on both sides of the aisle. But the Democrats, I mean, they have, they've lost control of the presidency, they've lost control of the Congress, they've lost control of the Senate, they've, they're about to lose control of the uh, United States Supreme Court, which they were hoping to get. They've lost control of so many governorships and state senates around around the country. And the state senates around the country, by the way, I don't know if you know this, they're acting faster and broader and and more powerful than our own. Congress and Senate. The Republican state senates around the uh, the country and all these individual states are using this time. They realize the clock is ticking and they've got to spend, uh, you know, every single day getting as much of their agenda in place. If God forbid they ever lose power. I wish that I wish that Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and our own Republican Congress people felt the same way. And I feel like Donald Trump may remind them of that tonight. <laughs> I know something tells me something tells me this is going to be less like the state of the union and more like a uh, a morning planning meeting like I, or a morning um, like a breakfast uh, brainstorm or a status meeting. You ever I don't know if you ever worked in a corporation or in a, in a business, but you go in in the meeting and everybody uh, sits down and the boss says. Here's what we got to do today. You do this, you do this, you do that, you do this. We'll meet again at five o'clock. You can give me an update. I kind of feel that this is going to be like that. Donald Trump was at CPAC last week. He went to Melbourne, Florida the week before. He reminded everybody, here's what I promised you we would do. Here's how I promised you we would do it. Here's when I promised you we would do it. And now I feel like he's going to go to this joint session of Congress and Senate and say, hey, this is what we got to get done. You guys got to start doing it. It's going to be like that morning meeting where he's like, this is what we're doing today. And we're going to check back at five o'clock today or in a couple of weeks or whatever. And we're going to make sure that it's getting done because right now it's not. And sure, you can blame you can blame whoever you want. You can blame the protesters. You can blame the Democrats. You can blame whatever. And Donald Trump takes some of the blame, too. As he mentioned, they had, one of the last questions they asked him was, how would you grade yourself on this first month? And here's what Donald Trump said. I think I get an A in terms of what I've actually done, but in terms of messaging, I'd give myself a C or a C plus. All right, how are you going to change that then? Well, maybe I change it uh, during the speech. 
What an honest answer there. A and a, a for effort, which I think everyone would agree. He's in there every day. He's working hard. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. You see, you see all these people in his office. You see all these, uh, you know, executive orders coming out and people trying to block him, people trying to stop him, people taking him to court, him having to rewrite things. The effort is there. The communication, that may be another problem. And he mentioned specifically the 600 workers that he wasn't trying to replace. 600 staffers that he hasn't appointed yet. He said, I'm not going to. He said, I don't want them. I want, the, the government's too big. We don't need these managers upon managers upon managers. Now, Brian Kilmeade says, you may need a couple more speechwriters in there. You may need some more people in the communications office because your communication, I mean, that's why you have a C. And, you know, but Donald Trump realizes that. He understands that he's not what he thinks in his head. What he says to to Sean Spicer, what he says to Kellyanne Conway, what he and Steve Bannon, uh, uh, you know, are, are, and Stephen Miller are coming up with in the Oval Office, what he thinks he wants to get done and what he, he's planning to get done is not getting communicated properly to the right people. And that is his biggest problem. But he's aware of it. And rest assured, it's not going to be a problem for much longer. All right, I want to talk about Kellyanne Conway here today because Kellyanne Conway today, this is hilarious. First, but first before we, first before we do that though, I want to show you this because, uh, the, where is it? Here it is. Okay, so here is, um, here's Kellyanne Conway. Oh wait, before we do that though, no, I'm sorry. I want to, yeah, I want to show you something else first. Let me let me introduce you to the newest deplorables because yesterday we got a bunch, a uh, bunch more deplorables on our wall. Uh, this is, there we go. This is 1000deplorables.com. And so many people have written me and said, oh my God, I had so much fun on there yesterday. This is my uh, pet project to get everybody who thinks the same way we do and who has the same ideals and visions, you know, you kind of get to know them. What I want to do is I want to eventually fill this wall. This wall is all these blue squares. And I eventually am going to fill it with 1000 people. Okay. Here's my square. I got the first one, of course. And then all these other people purchased a square. And, and they got on the wall and yesterday after this broadcast, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put up a link yesterday after this broadcast, I had like seven or eight more people that we added to the wall. And I'm telling you, it's so exciting to see because you kind of get an idea of who these deplorables are, these so-called deplorables, all these people that voted for Donald Trump all over, all over the country, all these people, uh, that, you know, that, that you see at the rallies, this is who these people are. This is a woman who, uh, just, you know, late last night said, I want to be up on the wall. Her, she's a, uh, she's a real estate agent in Oklahoma city. Okay. Look at this. Look, she's got, she does these great videos and stuff. Her name's Susan Tucker. Here's her phone number. She does, uh, you know, here's some, there, there was one, look at this, look at this place in Oklahoma city. How do you sleep here? How do you sleep with all these windows? I just don't get it. Anyway, so uh, so this is her, and, and that's that's her whole thing, and she's got to square up there so other people can find her. This guy's in Orlando. This guy's got the coolest website I've ever seen. He's a deplorable. His name's Parlor Jones. Now, how cool a name is Parlor Jones? How cool a name? He does all these cool productions. He's a musician. I was watching like a ton of his videos uh, the other day, the Parlor Jones Project. This, this thing gave me chills when I watched it and he's up on the wall too. He's one of the, uh, he's one of the deplorables that we've got. This is a little, that looks a little creepy, but, uh, for the most part, it's really, it's really actually pretty cool. Uh, so he's up there as well. And there's, and there's tons more. Let me go back to, let me go back to the screen here so I can, so I can show you what I'm talking about. Uh, there's tons more of these folks. Uh, you've got, you know, this, oh, this woman here, check it out. This woman is an author. She wrote nine books, nine books. Her name is Sharon Latham. I've never done anything nine times in my life ever. Uh, but she wrote all these books. These uh, They're like romantic kind of novels. And she's a deplorable from uh, somewhere, I want to say. 
Uh, else, anyway, but you can contact her. You can read her books. Just the nicest lady. And she's up there as well. Now, if you want to get a square, by all, click the link. I put the link in the... Um, I put the link in the description of this video or in the comments rather. And here, I mean, here's the cool thing about it. You can go and you can look at other people. You can check out other deplorables. If you're looking for, uh, you know, a lot of people say, hey, I don't want to spend money at places where I know they're going to take the money and give it to causes that I don't believe in. We have Etsy stores up there. We have people that sell jewelry and you know that they're like-minded individuals. So it's a great way to connect. And if you want to get a square, here's the the way it works. Uh, The first square was a dollar. And each additional square is $1 more. So we're up to square number 26. It's $26. The next one will be 27, 28. So you want to get in while they're affordable because eventually these things are going to be like three, $400 each. And, uh, and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out on that. I want you, I want you up on that wall. I need you up on that wall. Um, so go there today. 1000 deplorables.com. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about Kellyanne Conway, shall we? Because Kellyanne Conway, here's what she did today. Or I guess yesterday she was, let me move this up a little bit so we can, oh wait, let me make sure I'm, I'm let me, here she is. This photo has been making the rounds. Okay. And this is the Oval Office. Once again, I pointed this out earlier. This is Donald Trump and you can see all the members of, uh, of the, uh, these are uh, black uh, leaders from uh, traditionally black colleges around the country. And here's Kellyanne Conway casually sitting on the couch. Now, not only is she casually sitting on the couch, she's got her feet back kind of in the, like underneath her. She's got shoes on. She's on her phone and people are saying this is way too casual. This is by from the Daily Mail, by the way. Uh, so I'm just going to scroll through some of the photos. Look at this. They even zoomed in. OK, they even zoomed in on her shoes to show you that. Uh, oh, it appears her, her shoes are digging into the fabric of the couch. Look, there's the heel and it's almost piercing the fabric of the furniture in the Oval Office. Now, also, I don't know. I have my suspicions uh, I have my, I don't know, by the way, if these are Ivanka Trump shoes, I have my suspicions that they are. I know that Kellyanne Conway can't say anything because the last time she mentioned Ivanka Trump's uh, fashion line, she got in serious trouble. But if, I think those are, those are probably, those are probably Ivanka's anyway. So they're making a big, huge deal about this. And even at one point she leaned over to take a selfie and they're saying some of the leaders appeared to be surprised by Conway's behavior in the Oval Office because here they all are. And she's like, everybody, I guess this isn't a selfie. This is just a photo. A selfie would be if a selfie would be if, uh, if she were actually in the photo, if, if she were in the photo herself. Um, but anyway, so that, that's, you know, that look, they're saying, look, she's awkwardly leaning to take this photo and it's so, oh my gosh, it's so unprofessional. Uh, and then here's, look, this is uh this was McSpocky from Twitter uh, said, hey, look, what Kellyanne's lo- talking to black people for dummies. Uh, here we can see what this, of course, took off. Everybody, I made a couple memes myself. Here's another angle of her sitting on the couch. Uh, you know, here she is again. And then w- this is funny. They took all of, these are all the actors and actresses who were freaking out during the mistake of the Oscars. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, Busy Phillips. You've got Meryl Streep there. And these are the reactions. And they put them all together and made it like, hey, this is how they react when they see Kellyanne Conway. Here's a uh, Rick James joke, which is uh, kind of lame. And they're saying Kellyanne Conway seems oblivious to her behavior. Uh, and then, okay, so then this is funny. So then somebody else, you know, and they actually went back and found these official photos of President Barack Obama acting in a similar way, putting his feet up on the desk, putting his feet up on the desk there, putting his feet up on the desk. He put his feet up a lot. Here he is on the same exact couch. This is the Kellyanne Conway couch. And he's got his feet up on the coffee table, uh, which has which has apples in it. 
And let's see what Kelly and yeah, to see they've moved the coffee table out of the way there. Uh, I guess to make room for, I guess to make room for the uh, members of the uh, traditionally black colleges, the uh, leaders there. Uh, so, so this is this is the big Kellyanne Conway, uh, you know, concern of the day that she's acting too friendly and that she is where's my that she's uh, too comfortable in the Oval Office. Now, before I go and before we make too big a deal about this, I'd like to remind you. Not everybody acts the way they're supposed to act in the Oval Office, okay? I mean, Kelly and Conway was a little casual, but do we all remember? Do we all remember how casual Bill Clinton was in the Oval Office? <laughs> if, if you don't remember, uh, Google it. Hey, listen, thanks so much to Brian Kilmeade for joining me today. Get his book, Thomas Jefferson, The Tripoli Pirates. I'll put up a link here in just a minute so you can... You can connect to that directly. Really good book. He's got a couple of other ones. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be on the Herman Cain Show with Neil Bortz and Chris Chandler. We're going to be doing a roundtable to talk about the uh, president's speech, which is tonight at 9 o'clock. 9 p.m. tonight, the president's speech. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., me live on the Herman Cain Show with Neil Bortz and Chris Chandler for a roundtable. And tomorrow at noon, we'll do another one of these fantastic podcasts. In the meantime, uh, (laughs) you know, just kick back. Relax. Enjoy your day. Oh, and check out uh, check out 1000deplorables.com. I don't want you to miss out on your chance to be on the wall. Uh, get up there today. Love you guys. I will see you uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.